This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. There's an arena in our state social safety net that needs significantly more attention, and that's shared living for adults. And Cliff Alston is the program manager at Living Innovations and joins us this morning to kind of break this all down. Good morning, Cliff. Hey, good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take us inside what shared living looks like in Rhode Island now as currently constituted. Sure. So so shared living, for, for those of you who, who don't know what it is, is a wonderful opportunity for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities who require 24-hour care support in their lives to finally, oftentimes for the first time in their life, have a choice in where they want to live and how they want to be supported. Um, it is quite possibly the best-kept secret. Uh, in the the DD world, um, but it's it's definitely an area that people need to know about. When did you get involved in this work, and what can you sort of t- speak to in terms of the trajectory and history as to how we've gotten to the moment that we're in right now? So personally, I, I've worked with with individuals um, with, with disabilities the majority of my adult life, uh, and like so many people that get into this field, um, you know, it's a calling. Uh, we we want to help people. We're caregivers by nature. I've been with Living Innovations. Uh, for about seven, eight years now. Uh, and Living Innovations has, has been providing this level of support uh, since about 2011. Um, sh- there, there was a time uh, back when I was, I, I came from the group home world where we would support adolescents and when they would become adults and enter into this adult world, um, oftentimes we, we didn't know what was going to happen. Were they going to group homes? Where, where were they going to live? Did they go back home? Um, we would quite often say to ourselves, the staff, oh, this, this person is, is wonderful. They could live with me if that was an option. And, and we didn't know it was an option at that time. So that just kind of speaks to uh, what a well-kept secret that it is. Mm. Um, currently, uh, Living Innovations, we're, we're, we're the, the leader in shared living support. Uh, we, we support... Uh, every single town, county in the state of Rhode Island, um, this is the only service that we provide, and I, I think that we do a very good job with what we do. When it, when it comes to just your relationship with the state of Rhode Island right now as an organization, and speaking broadly to the, the entire sector, what are some of the major challenges that you're facing? And, I mean, look, I've heard on the ground from more than one person that this is an arena that is – not necessarily in crisis, but could get there very quickly. Explain mm-hmm. that. Expl- explain that scenario. Yeah. So, in terms of again, our, our our relationship and and just kind of getting the word out there. Um, a lot of times, I I think families and individuals don't realize that this is an option until it's an emergency. You know, and and, and we're there to help in those situations, but it doesn't have to be in an emergency. Um, youths in transition, you know, so those individuals that are, are graduating high school and becoming adults, this is an option for them. Adults who have been in group home care all of their life, uh, individuals who have been living with their families most of their adult life, this is an option. It's, it's an option for parents to finally become parents and not have to be caregivers their whole entire life. I'm, I'm a parent, you know, I, I, I can relate to that. Uh, there, there are times I often wonder myself, you know, am I going to have to be taking care of my my child until I'm you know 70 80 years old but but there are solutions out there for people what what is it do you think that makes this area seem right now to be teetering in a direction that is you know I guess what I'm asking is I'm hearing on the ground that there are 
the disconnect between the state and adult shared living as a whole. What mm-hmm. needs to be done to close that gap? In other words, what are the key issues that are driving that scenario? You know, I, I do think that, that the state of Rhode Island is, I think they're trying to, to, to push shared living more, which is great. I think a lot of it is the impression that um, families may, may have of it. Again, having never heard of it, um, getting them to know that, that we are here and what it means. You know, shared living, we, we support families and we support individuals. It is a very safe option. For, for their loved ones. Our home providers are vetted. They are trained. We do rigorous background checks. We provide support on an ongoing basis for all those individuals. And I, I think sometimes when families hear about uh, shared living, you know, again, everyone's so used to group homes, group homes, group homes, because that's, that's all there was. The sad reality of it is group homes, are, are, are they're not building new group homes. You, you know, there are no more open beds. And, and a lot of folks who are receiving that level of care, quite frankly, they, they don't need it. Um, this is the, the least restrictive option that any individual can have in the adult world. Uh, it's, it's personalized. It's geared towards what they want to do. Um, individuals become enmeshed with their home providers. They have things in common. It's a matching process. Um, it's not just, you, you know, here's, here's somewhere you're, you're going here. Uh, it, it, it's, we, we don't use the P word. It's not placements. It's, mm. it's matches. So people know each other. They have things in common. Um, there's a relationship before somebody uh, moves in and makes this transition. And, and we've had a lot of our individuals and a lot of our families have been together for a long time, uh, several, several people over 20 years. Mm. Um, and, and when it's done, it's done right. And, and people grow and people become themselves. And it's really an amazing process to see. Of course, in the post COVID era, not that COVID's over, but the post emergence mm-hmm. of COVID era, congregate settings are a major issue that applies to really everything, mm-hmm. nursing homes, prisons, you name it. So mm-hmm. a concept like shared living is also a public health benefit besides just the immediate benefit that you've described in the first part of this podcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, a lot of our home providers, um, they, they come from caregiving professions. Um, they come from medical fields. They come from teaching backgrounds. Uh, they're very involved in their, their faith. They have the ability to stay home with the individuals a lot of the time if, if that's what they're looking for. So, you know, kind of being out in those, those large group settings where, oh, this person's sick. Now it's just a matter of time until the next person's sick. And it works its way through the house. We're, we're able to avoid some of those situations, um, which which is wonderful. We you know we 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 did well when when COVID was here uh, in terms of our our individuals getting sick and our and our support and our staff. What's right now? If you could speak to to Governor McKee and just say, hey, here's what I need right now, right here and now. The governor set to deliver a state of the state address tonight. What do you need right now that you're not getting? Oh, that's that's a, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I I think obviously you know funding is 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 yeah. always big. You know, uh, the, the home providers who who provide this support, um, you, you know, they they need to be compensated and the the support to to for individuals to reach all of their needs. They can't do that without funding. You mm-hmm. know, that's I think that's that's first and foremost. Um, but again, I I think just a, a a broader making it known what we 
do. I'm, I'm a big believer that once you see what we do or you talk to families or individuals who are, are receiving our services and you hear from them what a life-changing opportunity this was for them, it speaks for itself. Um, you know, we we have never had an individual come into our services, enter shared living, and say, "This isn't what I want. I want to go back to a group home." It just it just doesn't happen, you know. So, just just getting it out there, making sure people know, making sure parents of of school aged children know what's going on, making sure the status is is really getting this out there as as options for people. Because again, it's safe and it's it, it's again, everyone should have a choice in in where they live. Do you feel that we're trending in the right direction in terms of social services as a whole right now, or are we in in a, a moment of crisis overall? You know, I, you know, Bill, I, I'm an optimist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm always going to say I, I, I think we're doing some things right. Things can always be better. Um, as an agency, we have we have grown year after year in terms of the individuals that we support, and again, part of that is is through word of mouth. You know, um, which which is which is great. You know, pe- people do this. Home providers do this. They tell their friends. Individuals do this, and they they tell it to everybody that they that they know. I I constantly get phone calls saying, uh, you know, hey hey, you know, Timmy Timmy told me that that he's he's living with this person and it's great, and I want to do this too. Um, mm-hmm. But but again, we shouldn't have to rely on folks, um, you know, spreading the word for us. So basically, an uplifting of. I hate to say the word promotional, but just sort of the communications end is where some of the greatest need is right now in your mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You know, like, like I, I said earlier, you know, when I was in this field, you know, it was an option. You know, when I was working in the group home world, it was an option shared living. Um, we were in the field and we had no idea it existed. Mm-hmm. So last question here. And it's, I know it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit outside of the box, so to speak. But when when you think about some of the stories that you hear from success stories, mm-hmm. what sort of impact has that had on your your soul? Oh, well, you know, we very much have a, a culture of gratitude here. Um, we, we start every meeting with, you know, what we call new and greats. So we very much um, value these, these milestones and these, these stories. Um, I'll be honest, the, my favorite part of my job is when you find the, the, the right home provider with the right individual and you have this match and you see how happy somebody is, like I said, probably for the first time in their life, having a choice on where they want to live. People are going on vacations together. They're celebrating birthdays together and, and people are genuinely happy and 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 if you really can't get excited about that then i i think you're on the wrong field but you know we work we work with amazing people who need to be loved and we work with amazing people who have love to give and it is such an amazing experience when it's done right and and quite frankly more often than not it's done right well that's a relieving statement to kind of close things out with there so more often than not it's done right with mm-hmm. more communication, it's not so much as one of these scenarios where, I mean, look, we see these popping up from time to time more and more regularly, quite frankly. I mean, we can go mm-hmm. through Zamorano. We can go through a yeah. number of other examples where there are just social service breakdowns in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically what I'm hearing from you is that, no, this program, broadly speaking program, is a success. It works 
it's not even a proof of concept. It's just a proof proof positive you know, scenario. It, it's, it's just we need to get the word out. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's a matching process. So, so what typically happens is we'll receive a referral from from the state of Rhode Island from from BHDDH. We'll we'll make a phone call. We'll meet somebody. The state will send us some some paperwork, which is great. But how how well can you get to know somebody from paperwork? Right. Uh, and, and through that matching process, hey, what are you looking for? Who are you? What, you know, you know what what do you what do you need? What are what are the things that we shouldn't do? What are the things that you have to have? And then our our team gets together and we start looking at our home providers. And the first step once we identify somebody is you know we might have a cup of coffee. And, and again, people get to know each other. Um, if somebody tells me I I, I want to live with someone in this part of the town who loves the the Providence Friars and uh, is a vegetarian, then I'm, I'm going to find somebody who lives in that part of the town, loves the Providence Friars, and is a vegetarian. And, you know, again, the, the more boxes we can check, the happier people are going to be, and they share those life experiences. People get together uh, after they meet. If they want to proceed, they'll do an overnight. They'll have dinner. So this, this matching process, again, is a process. It's not... Uh, again, hey, you're, you're going to live here, make it work. Um, so people are where they want to be. And then when, when both those people, the individual and the home provider say, yeah, I want to I want to open my home. I want to open my heart. I want to share my, my life with this person. It, that's, that's when it works. It's a relationship. Mm. And it comes to mind as well, geography, which is something that in any sort of placement mm-hmm. scenario is critical. This is a challenge that we see in the foster system in oh, Rhode yeah. Island where you know, mm-hmm. you might have a kid who is of, I don't know, grew up in Central Falls. He's placed mm-hmm. into a home in South County, and either he's now put into a brand new environment or he's got to get bussed all the way to Central Falls mm-hmm. on a daily basis to maintain the, the stability of his of his peer group in school. And mm-hmm. so, so basically, Living Innovations and organizations like yours value the role of, of taking the time to place as geographically and demographically and personality and so on and so forth wise as best as possible is that that's front and center absolutely you know yeah like you said if we have somebody who needs to switch town switches schools switches day programs has never never not lived with their parents that's that's a lot that's a lot of change so we try to minimize as as much as we can you know, I, I always say if, if somebody gives me a list of 10 things that they need, I, I might not be able to get all 10 things off that list. But if I can get eight out of 10, that's a really good start, you know, but we're, we're, we're not going to start right off the bat with, like you said, somebody from Central Falls and say, all right, well, let's let's start. Let's start looking in uh, Charlestown and, uh, you know, he can go to this other day program. I mean, that that's a you know, not a, it's a recipe for disaster, but we will we will work and, and try to check off as many of those boxes as we can. Cliff Alston, he's the program manager at Living Innovations, doing incredible work in this state. We should fund this broad sector as best as we can. We should encourage the information to be distributed as best as possible and for people to be more and more aware of adult shared living. And it's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing when this works. And as you said, it often does. So thanks so much for your time. Bill, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We are brought to you in part by Navigant Credit Union. As Rhode Island's first-ever member-owned credit union, Navigant Credit Union has been a staple in the local business community for more than 108 years. Today, Navigant is a $3.4 billion institution serving more than 136,000 members across 25 physical branch locations. But since its founding in 1915, 
the mission has never changed. Navigant Credit Union's team of financial professionals have remained committed to improving the financial well-being of the families, businesses, and communities they serve across Rhode Island. Learn more at NavigantCU.org. And we're brought to you by Elmwood Songwriters Club, presented by Bartholomew Town. Eight artists, two songs each, with the order drawn at random, hosted by yours truly, coming up this Saturday, January 13th, at The Loft in Providence, Rhode Island. Send me a message, bill at ripodcast.com, if you're interested in coming out. It's a great community event. You get to see a bunch of Rhode Island's best songwriters performing sometimes brand new works, sometimes they're classics, and it's a great community hang. Elmwood Songwriters Club, presented by Bartholomew Town. It's the second Saturday of every month, coming up this Saturday, January 13th, in Providence. At HealthSource RI for Employers, we provide access to health insurance to more than 1,100 local businesses and nonprofits, and 96% of them renew through us every year. Maybe it's our choice of 19 different health plans, our 10 years of customizing solutions, or our one local team of dedicated experts helping employers find quality health insurance. See how our numbers stack up for you. Learn more at healthsourceri.com slash employers.